0: but a jury gave you life in prison for the things you did." She said, but instead of letting that life sentence define you, she said, you changed yourself inside this prison. She says, as a matter of fact, you changed the entire prison around you. She said, so I've got one question for you today, Mr. West. One question only. Here it is, guys. I'm not expecting this. I am I have zero anticipation of making parole that day, but I really wasn't ready for her to say, I don't want a question. So she says this, she said, "If you could be remembered for being anything in life, anything at all, she said, give it to me in just one word. Go." And man, you talk about an easy question for a coffee bean to answer. I thought it was going to be a tough question. It's not a test for me, man. I fired her answer back at her real quick, and I said, "Ma'am, useful. I just want to be useful."
1: All right. Hey, everybody. This is Chris and Dave, and we're here with another episode of the Leadership Compass podcast. And uh, man, is this one. A special one. Um, we were so fortunate to reach out to Mr. Damon West and have him respond and give us just a little bit of his time to talk about his story. And for those of you that don't know who Damon West is, Damon is uh, becoming pretty well known for a message that he spreads about uh, the story of the coffee bean. And uh, we're going to let him tell the story, um, but just so that you have a little bit of a sense of um, you know where he's coming from and, and what he's all about. And uh, the story of the coffee bean, he and and uh, John Gordon have transformed that and into a book, uh, which you can you can I highly suggest that you grab uh, on Amazon or wherever books are sold, and, uh, and and really have that copy in your back pocket because it is truly transformative. Uh, so you know we we were so excited to have him, and uh, man the energy that he brought was pretty special.
2: Yeah, Chris, this was awesome. And, and thank you for reaching out to him. And, and, and how we got him on here was just kind of through social media and reaching out. And part of his story is, hey, somebody gave me a shot back, back in the day four years ago. And that person ended up being Dabo Sweeney, who's yeah. a pretty famous guy, but his life took off from there. And he'll share that story with you. But a few things just rehashing is just his energy is contagious. He gave us You know, we're just two educators from New Jersey. Um, He doesn't have to give us any time. Uh, He gave us full engagement, energy. Um, It's not just a a saying for him. It's how he lives his life. It's how he lives day to day, moment to moment. And it's just such a powerful message for our listeners as mostly educators, coaches, students. Uh, We're bringing him to New Jersey, Fab. We got to get him up here. I mean, he is... (laughs) Uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he speaks to all the major college football programs. Like I've seen, you know, Mike Gundy, I've, I've seen him with uh, Nick Saban, obviously Davos Sweeney, Kirby smart. I mean, everyone's gotten to him now yeah. and, yep. and you can, and you can see why, I mean, I, I'd run through a wall for him just listening to him talk.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and like he's, he's a real deal. You know, what he, yep. what he gives you is who he is. And that's, you know, that, and that comes true that he's 100% the genuine article and, you know, I, I was, I came across Damon a couple of years ago um, when John Gordon put together uh, the Positivity Summit and he had these virtual presentations. This was all before COVID, but he was having these video presentations that he would pump out three or four a day for an entire week. Um, you know, people like amazing people were speaking and, and I come across this guy, Damon West and his story. And. I mean, I was just, I was floored. I was floored and moved and I've been following him ever since. And, you know, just for, for you guys listening, you're going to want to follow Damon on Instagram. You're going to want to follow him on Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, you can just search for him. You're going to want to follow him to to get more and more of his story because, uh, man, is he, he's just the real deal. At Damon West 7 um, on Twitter and on Instagram. And, um, you know, it, again, like just... You know, we're, we'll, we'll put some things in the show notes as well, where you can follow him and, and, uh, just some other videos that kind of highlight his story. Um, but you know, he's, uh, you can't say it any, any different that he's, he's the real deal.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, we're talking about leadership. We're talking about what makes a great leader. We're talking about teams and with Damon, it's all about energy. It's all about being genuine. And it's all about serving others and, and and having a purpose. I mean, he wants to be useful. That's, that's kind of, he wants to be useful and have a purpose and give back to others. And um, it just oozes out of his body and the people he's affecting on a positive, um, in a positive light every single day. It's just inspiring. And that's a great story. So. Uh, you guys are in for a treat. You're gonna, going to really enjoy it. We're going to get him up here, get him around New Jersey a little bit more. He's down in Texas, and um, you know I think he'll, uh, he'll continue to spread his message.
1: Welcome to the Leadership Compass Podcast, our journey to explore how the best leaders lead with your hosts, Dave and Chris. We interview leaders in education, coaching, and business to see what makes them tick and what makes them the best leaders they can be. And now, the Leadership Compass Podcast. All right, welcome to the Leadership Compass Podcast. This is an amazingly special episode here. Uh, We have with us uh, Mr. Damon West. Um, we're excited to have Damon here. Uh, Damon, uh, we would just love to hear a little bit about um, who you are, just to introduce yourself to those that do not know, um, and just give us a little bit of your background here. Guys,
0: hey man, first of all, thanks a lot, Dave. Thanks a lot, Chris, for bringing me out to New Jersey today. I mean, this is virtually, I'm in New Jersey. This is great. And <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, we had to put the Rutgers ball up if we're gonna do New Jersey in Crazy! I gotta call my buddy Dabble and tell him we have to kick Dabble <laughs> off the wall.
1: That's right, D- Dabble who? <laughs> I this won't is Big Ten country.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> told we had to move him to Rutgers for for this. Call. No, he he would love it. He just loved the fact that, that we were able to match up the football with the presentation day, guys. I got an amazing story I want to share. Um, but it, when I talk to people, I always talk about Chris and Dave. I always talk about trying to find the opportunities in adversity, because inside of every adverse difficult situation, there's opportunities. Man. And it's sometimes we have to dig deeper to find them. And I'm going to tell you a story about a time in my life when I was in a, a very adverse situation, a situation of my own doing. I put myself in this bad situation. We'll go back to July 30th, 2008. I was sitting around this little rundown apartment in Dallas. And I sit on this couch and I got my meth dealer sitting next to me, this guy named Tex. And I'm sitting there smoking meth with Tex. And I'm telling Tex, Tex, I think the end is near. I think the cops are about to go get me. 10 days before this, guys, my, my partner in crime, this guy named Dustin, had been picked up by the Dallas Police Department. So, so I know it's just a matter of time before they get to me. And just as I passed the pipe back to Tex, I heard a window shatter off to my right. You know, whoosh, and went across my living room floor is this little canister going end over end. And it starts to register what's going on in my mind. And it's like a slow motion reel from a movie as I'm watching this canister bounce across to the living room floor. And I try to get out of that living room, guys. Too late. Boom! The flashbang grenade went off right in my face. Bright white light, loud noise, blew me back on the couch. And when I came to, when I could see and hear again, this cop in full swat riot gear, man, he has a boot on my chest and the barrel of a machine gun in my eye socket. And he's screaming at the top of his lungs, don't move, don't move. You know, and, and I'm I'm on the ground and I look at this guy and I am blinking. I'm like, man, don't worry, don't worry. And, and I heard one of the cops scream out, we got it. We got the uptown burglar. Uptown Burger, guys. This is what I share with college students and high school students and junior high students all over the country is that you cannot escape the consequences of your decisions. The consequences of my decisions are that no matter how many people I can possibly impact with this story about being, becoming a coffee bean, I'll never escape that name, that moniker, the Uptown Burger. You know, that day on that floor of that apartment, they threw me in the back of a squad car, took me down to Dallas County Jail. They processed me in fingerprints, mugshots, the words. I spent the next 10 months in Dallas County jail waiting for my day in court. And at the end of 10 months on May 18th, 2009, Dallas finally gave me my day in court. Actually Dallas gave me six days in court six days is a long criminal trial in the state of Texas for crimes. That are not, no one was ever heard during my crime. No one was ever home. But at the end of, at the end of six days, that jury of my peers, man, they listened to so much overwhelming evidence of my guilt guys. Not only that, but they heard the story about a guy named Damon West that had, that had everything going for him in life. I mean, I came from a great family. I had a, my dad was a sports writer here in Texas for 50 years. My mother was a nurse. I had an older brother, younger brother, you know, nice little happy family, good Catholic home. And, and, you know, I got into substance abuse at a young age. I heard the story about that, how I was molested at nine, Got to, started getting into substances at 10, drinking and smoking and smoking pot. I heard about my bad belief systems, you know, and, and these bad belief systems that we have, they dog us out throughout our lives. You know, I tell people all the time, a bad belief system tells you how to do something the wrong way over and over again. The longer you hold on to a bad belief system, the harder it is to get rid of. Mm-hmm. But I never really had to check my bad belief systems when I was younger because God blessed me with a cannon for a right arm. I was I was a star quarterback in my hometown. And I don't know how much y'all know about Texas high school football, yeah, but down here that. in Texas, yeah, it's like a religion down here. Y'all. Yeah. This is very serious down here. And so I was the star quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks coming out of Texas in 1994. I uh, got a scholarship to play ball at the University of North Texas, Division I college football. And they heard about the story about September 21st, 96, about the day we took the field against Texas A&M. Beautiful Saturday afternoon at College Station, Texas. And on the third play of that game, I go down as a starting quarterback. I go down with a separated shoulder, and I never play college football again. And they heard about how the drugs started coming on. Now I wasn't just drinking and smoking pot. Now it's cocaine, ecstasy, pills, you name it. They heard about me graduating college, 99. Moving on off to Washington, DC. I got a job working in Congress. I worked for a guy running for president of the United States. After that, I worked for uh, one of the biggest Wall Street banks in the world back in Dallas, raising, doing a fund, doing stockbroker for UBS, United Bank of Switzerland. It was at that job as a broker in 2004 that I was introduced to meth for the first time. And they heard the story about how meth took over my life. And and I went from, you know, being a guy working on Wall Street to living on the streets, you know, I'm homeless, I'm sleeping in abandoned buildings. They heard about the fact that I started with petty crimes at first. I started breaking into people's homes. I mean, I started breaking into people's cars, people's storage units, but eventually I escalated by breaking into people's homes. I mean, these home burglaries are very serious crimes. But I didn't just stop with being a burglar, no. I'm the quarterback, man. I've always been the quarterback. I put together my own burglary crew, y'all. And I had a crew for three years. And all we did was breaking people's. We were bad guys, bad men and women, but dozen other meth addicts, young and old, male and female, black and white. But at the end of that three year drug, the three year crime spree on July 30, 2008, the Dallas SWAT team put an end to the uptown burglary scene. So that jury listened to those six days of that testimony, the overwhelming evidence of my guilt. At the end of six days, that jury went to deliberate for. 10 minutes on my sentence, y'all. 10 minutes. I I don't know how much law and order you watch, but if a jury's gone for 10 minutes, they smoked you. And when I came back in that courtroom, the judge who had smiled the entire trial, he was grinning from ear to ear, and he said, Damon Joseph West, you are hereby sentenced to 65 years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. 65 years is a life sentence, y'all. Now, obviously, I didn't do life in prison, because I'm coming to you today. I'm not in my jail cell. We don't have cells as nice in Texas. I did seven years and three months in a maximum security penitentiary in Beaumont, Texas. Prison was a living hell, y'all. And at the end of seven years and three months, on November 16, 2015, the parole board came to visit me. The lady from parole comes in the room. She's got my file open and she's looking at my file for about 30 seconds. She slammed it shut, shoves it away. She said, Mr. West, I'm gonna shoot you straight. She said, I came here today to ask you one question. She said, we don't see a lot of people come through state prison like you, Mr. West. You had everything going for your life, every advantage, every privilege. She said, you were a privileged man. You had everything going for your life, you threw it all away. You became a meth addict, you became a, a You became a thief, a criminal. You broke into a lot of people's houses, you made a lot of victims. But a jury gave you life in prison for the things you did. She said, but instead of letting that life sentence define you, she said, you changed yourself inside this prison she says as a matter of fact you changed the entire prison around you she said so i've got one question for you today mr west one question only here it is guys i'm not expecting this i'm not i have zero anticipation of making parole that day but i really wasn't ready for her to say i got one question so she says this she said if you could be remembered for being anything in life anything at all she said give it to me in just one word go And man, you talk about an easy question for a coffee bean to answer. I thought it was gonna be a tough question. It's not a test for me. Man, I fired her answer back at her real quick. And I said, ma'am, useful. I just wanna be useful. And I can be useful in this prison, as you've already seen, or I can be useful in that free world, finding those coffee beans. She said, we're gonna let you go, Mr. West. We're gonna give you one shot, one shot to get this right. She said, "But if you come back in handcuffs anywhere between now and the year 2073, she said we're going to keep you next time until 2073. So I'm I'm on parole for the rest of my life, y'all. I, I, if I come out to New Jersey, speak to your school, for example, my parole officer is going to be talking to one of the two of y'all because I got to get permission to leave the state of Texas. By. And I go see a parole officer every month. I pee in a cup. I pay my fine. But honestly, y'all, I don't care about parole. Now, Chris, Dave, don't take that as a as a this guy is just, man, he bucks authority. No, man, I listen to everything authority tells me. I follow all yeah. the rules today. Parole tells me to jump. I say how high. Mm. But the reason why I say I don't care about parole is because I'm not worried about going back to prison, y'all. Because today, I am a coffee bean. And the only way a coffee bean is going to prison, if he's going back into that prison to bring that message of experience, strength, and hope back to the inmates he left behind. And I get to go into prisons all the time, y'all. So, the story of the coffee bean. Yeah, there, there it is. That's the backstory right there, guys. That's the that's the Reader's Digest version. Let's let's fire some questions away. Well, yeah, first,
2: well. first of all, you are you're coming to New Jersey, so we're gonna set that up. <laughs> we, we we need to get you up here. Your your energy is amazing, Damon, and uh, your message is is awesome, and it, it helps me personally in my everyday life. It helps our students as we deliver uh, your message, and uh, just very inspiring. So it's just great to. I mean, just your energy in this in this, uh, podcast. It's just, is this how you always are? You're just nonstop. Oh yeah. You got to see it in person,
0: Dave. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> there's nothing like it being in person. I mean, and it, it's, I mean, yeah. I'm fueled by coffee today, but that coffee <laughs> being message, I, I believe in, and that's the thing about it. You can't deny what you can see. So yeah, I mean, hang on. Somebody's at my front door. Hang on one second. I, it I don't know who's at my front door, but it's okay.
1: All right. But for, yeah, for, guys, for, I mean, for the there's sake of, there's nothing like to be in person. At, well, I'm sure. Well, and like no, we said, we're, we're going to <laughs> get you. We're going to get you here. for For the sake of, of of the people listening that don't know the story of the coffee bean, would you mind giving given the quick, you know, the quick version of, of that story? What the coffee bean means to you? You've heard you've said a couple of times, like I'm the coffee bean. You know, what does that mean? We see the sign behind you, but our, our listeners may not see that. Um, yeah. I want you know, I want the, just the the quick summary just so that, that we can, we can uh, get our listeners to hear what that is, what that means.
0: Absolutely, guys. A perfect segue to where we are right now in, in, the, in the story, because so right after the trial was over, they gave my parents five minutes with me, and I'm behind this bulletproof glass, and my mom and my dad come in, and my dad really doesn't know what to say. He's in stunned disbelief, so my mom does all the talking, and she says, baby, she said, debts in life demand to be paid. And she said, you just got hit with one hell of a bill from the state of Texas. She said, but you did the things they said you did that trial. damn. you have to go and pay that, that. That's a society. You owe Texas that debt. She said, but you owe your father and I a debt, too. She said, then we gave you all the opportunity, love and support to be anything you want to be in life. And that's how you, you repay us. What we saw in that courtroom. She said, that's not going to work. She said, we raised you in Port Arthur, Texas, a giant pot of a city, gave you a great moral compass, which you chose to not use. She said, "So here's a debt. You're going to pay to your father and not. When you go to prison, you will not get in one of these white hate groups, one of these Aryan Brotherhood type gangs, because you're scared because you're the minority in there. She said, that's not going to work there. I mean, you were you were never racist, he raised, race, and you're not going to start now. She said, you will not get any tattoos while you're there. And guys, I mean, your listeners can't see this, but it is my orange. I mean, I was in prison for almost 10 years. These guys want to tattoo every inch of your body and the joint. And every time one of these guys would come up and hit me up and say, hey, Wes, let me put a tattoo on you. I tell them the same thing, dude, I just can't do it. Man. My mom said no, because my mom told me that day, May 18, 2009, no gangs, no tattoos. She said, you come back as the man we raised or don't come back at all. Wow. And man, this is a tough, this is a tough promise to keep. So I get back to my pod in Dallas County jail because I'm asking all these guys that have been in prison before, how am I going to survive? What am I going to do? And every, every man I talk to, y'all, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, they're telling me the same thing that I have to get into a gang. They're telling me that like, lie they tell people on the streets of America and all these cities, the gang is your family, the gang will love you, the gang will protect you, all lies, guys. But what wasn't a lie is what they said, man, you're going to the worst part of the Texas prison system where everybody on well, the building you live on has life. They call it the life sentence building for a reason. Yeah. The guys are all saying the same thing. Man, you gotta get into a gang, Wes. But there was this one guy, this older black man named Mr. Jackson. And, and I say he's older, he's probably in his 60s. He had graying hair. Uh, is what you call a career criminal. Jackson's been in out of prison almost like four or five times, but he was the most positive guy I've ever met in my life. Y'all Jackson had a smile on his face everywhere he went. And, and he'd come up to me every morning, man, and he'd talk to me and cheer me up. So one morning he comes up, he's got a cup of coffee in his hands and a smile on his face. And he said, West, I've been watching how you're dealing with these knuckleheads and these dummies. Talk about, you got to get into a game. He said, do not listen to these fools. He said, but let me tell you how you're going to keep that promise you made to your mom and your dad. And to God, you know, to yourself, he told me, he said, the first thing you you need to understand about prison is prison is all about race. He said, race runs the entire disgusting institution. And he said, you know, because it's about race, when you get to prison, the white gangs get the first dibs on you. The Aryan Brotherhood, the Aryan Circle, the White Knights, the Woods. He said, you're fighting all the white prison gangs first. He said, if you survive all that and you don't give in to their ideology of hate out of fear, fear, Chris, Dave, man. 2020 could be a case study to see what human beings are willing to give about fear, right? We saw how fear can paralyze a world, a nation, you know, fear. My co-author, a good friend, John Gordon, John says fear and faith have more in common than just the letter F they begin with. John says fear and faith both believe in a future that hasn't even happened yet. He said fear is a negative future we can choose to buy into, or faith is the positive future we can choose to believe in. And John says all the time when given a choice always choose faith over fear and that's kind of what jackson's saying that day he said don't give into the white gangs out of fear but get ready because after that after you get done with the white gangs well now they're going to send the black gangs after you and the, and the black gangs the crips the bloods the gangster disciples the mandingo warriors they're going to be happy to tee off on an independent white guy that won't get with his own kind because race is such a big factor he said but if you survive all that and you you can survive all that you'll earn the right to walk alone he said the strongest man in prison always walks alone he told me something about fighting today y'all he told me this he said you don't have to win all your fights but you do have to fight all your fights and that's mm-hmm. been a mantra in my life ever since guys because that tells me that you know what damon you're gonna lose sometimes in life you can't win all your battles in life. none of us can we're not made like that and we're made to lose sometimes but it's it's getting back up and getting back out there again that's what jacks is telling me. you got to get up and you can't stay down He's like a coach like y'all, he's like a yeah, coach.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it.
0: And he sees that he's losing me, man. I'm like a deer in headlights when he's explaining this. And he says, "He said, Wes, let me let me back it up a little bit." He said, "Let me give it to you another way." He said, "I want you to imagine prison as a pot of boiling water." And he said, "Anything we put in this pot of boiling water is going to be changed by the heat, the pressure inside that pot." He said, "I'm going to put three things in that pot of boiling water, and watch how they change: a carrot, an egg, and a coffee bean." And so he walks me through it. He said, so first things first. He said, if I put a carrot in that pot of warm water we call prison, he said, what happens to the carrot? I said, well, a carrot turns soft, Mr. Jackson. He said, that's right. He said, the carrot goes into the water hard, but the water, the prison, changes that hard carrot, turns it soft and mushy and weak. He said, the carrot got beat. He got robbed. He got raped. He may have gotten killed. He said, you don't want to be the carrot. He said, what about the egg? I said, well, Mr. Jackson, the egg turns hard in the pot of warm water, like a hard boiled egg. He said, that's right. He said, the egg has this shell that protects it physically, but inside that shell, that soft, liquid core, the egg's heart becomes hardened. He said, now, if your heart becomes hardened, you're incapable of giving and receiving love. He said, if you're incapable of giving and receiving love, you've become institutionalized, and you will not come back as someone your parents recognize because your eggshell will have swastikas tattooed all over it. And that's when he asked me, he said, what about the coffee bean. I mean, I got caught flat-footed, guys. I didn't know what happened to a coffee bean in a pot of warm water. And that's when Mr. Jackson shared with me one of the most important lessons I've ever learned in my life. When he said, if I put a coffee bean into that same pot of warm water we call prison, he said, now, now you gotta change the name of the water to coffee. Because he said, the coffee bean, Wes, the smallest of these three things, he said, small like you, had the power to change the entire atmosphere inside that pot because the power was inside the coffee bean, just like the powers inside you. He said everything else was changed by the water. The carrot was changed by the water. The egg was changed by the water. But the coffee bean changed the water. He said everybody in life puts out energy, negative or positive. He said whatever kind of energy we put out, we attract back. It's called the law of attraction and it works. Mm-hmm. He said, so if you want to walk around prison all the time with a mean mug on your face, scowl, you were try to look hard. He said what you're going to do really attract the hardest people in your life the hardest inmates most hardened felons he said when you're going to the life sentence building that could be a very dangerous even deadly endeavor he said but west if you walk around that prison with a smile on your face you let those guys know they're not getting to you No, no matter what they do they can't break you he said you will change that prison from the inside out and he said the best part about it is the other coffee beans in prison the other positive inmates they'll find you because of your energy yeah and the last thing mr Jackson ever told me you know in August of 2009 the prison bus is there to pick me up they're chaining me up to another human being to get shackled up to another person with handcuffs and Mr. Jackson's looking at me this frightened boy going to prison and he looks at me and he says West go out there and go be a coffee bean be a coffee bean man four words if this old man is shooting me straight that means the power is inside me y'all and if the power is inside me then it can't be in the hands of the criminal justice system, the guards, the other inmates. Well, not unless I give it to them. But if the power is truly inside me, this old man shoot me straight. And the power is truly inside me. It means no matter what environment I'm dropped off in, even a maximum security penitentiary in Texas, no matter what adversity I face in life, I won't just survive. I will thrive. And I got my chance to find out, y'all. Prison was the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. But I finally navigated prison and became that coffee bean.
2: Yeah. It's love it. Unbelievable, it. Dan. Yeah. It's an unbelievable message. I, um, you've been in front of everyone now, you know, I mean, in the last four or five years, you've been in front of Nick Samed, uh, Dabo Sweeney, the mullet you've seen Mike Gundy out there. I saw the ball <laughs> you threw in that practice, by the way, that was a good ball. You still, you threw yeah, yeah. You still got him. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can still check about 60, 65 with his yeah, right. no, so, old. <laughs> I saw you. Yeah. So two questions on that. How did you get in front of these guys? How did they find you? Um, and then being around all these top programs and these top athletes, top coaches, these highly successful people, any patterns that you see, any secret recipes out there with these, uh, these tremendous leaders? Um, so love I'll to take, your first, take your first question first. So January,
0: 2017, I'm working in a law firm in Beaumont. I've been out in prison for 14 months. And I really wanna get in front of a college football program because obviously I've got this amazing story and, and I played college football, I played division one college quarterback. But I don't know any coaches, man. I don't know. I I don't have any access to college football programs. So a buddy of mine from the Houston media calls me up. He says, hey, Damon. He said, tonight in in Houston, they got the Bear Bryant Coach of the Year Award. The best coach in America is going to be crowned. The eight best coaches in the country are going to be in this room. He said, I'll sneak you in the Toyota Center and give you a press pass. Do you want to go? And I'm like, heck, yes, man. I'm hungry, guys. I want to go. So I I drive the 90 miles to Houston after work. I, I get to the Toyota Center. He sneaks me in. I hit the ground running. And man, all the biggest coaches there are there, the USC, Wisconsin, Penn State, PJ Fleck—they're all there, and I get to meet all these coaches and shake their hands and give them my my elevator pitch, which was terrible at the time, y'all. And every coach <laughs> I meet is shaking my hand, listening to my pitch. And they're telling me no, no, no. Everybody tells me no to my face that night, man. I'm I'm seven of the eight coaches down. I'm in the corner of the Toyota Center and I'm licking my wounds. I'm feeling sorry for myself, and I, that voice in my head starts saying, "Damon." go home. That last coach is going to tell you no. All the other coaches told you no. Man, that last coach is the most in-demand coach there that night. They just won the national championship two nights before. But the other, that other voice kicked in, y'all. That voice, that competitor, man, that said, hey, you want to be a motivational speaker? What kind of motivational speaker just quits, right? Who wants to listen to that guy? And man, you yeah. survived prison, Damon. You survived. Man, You're that guy's going to tell you no to your face. So, y'all, I walked this room and I stalked Dabo Sweeney throughout the entire night and when my opportunity presented itself I pounced on Dabo coming out of the men's room I've got him up against the wall and man he can't go anywhere I'm giving him one minute of just rapid fire conversation to this day Dabo will tell you it was like getting a drink of water from a fire hydrant and when it was over <laughs> my minute of talking was over I take a deep breath and Dabble's like man you got a card on you or something so I give him my card he grabs it and he texts off he says we will be in touch and I'm like oh, man another no but you know what I felt okay about it, y'all, because I left it all on the field. That's what we talk about to, to, to players all the time when we're teaching them about sport. Leave it all on the field. And if you leave it all on the field, you go home and you sleep like a baby. And that's what I did that night. And I forgot all about that night from January 2017. Four months later, in April, I got an email from the director of football operations at Clemson University, got guy named Mike Dooley. He said, Damon, Coach Sweeney said he met you at an awards show in Houston. Would love to have you come talk to the team. Do you have August 1st open? What? Man, I got every first open, dude. I can't, I could can be there tomorrow, you know. So August 1st, 2017, I go talk to the Clemson Tigers, defeated national champions of college football. And when I got done with my presentation that night at Clemson, Davo Sweeney has me up against the wall and he's telling me, he's like, Damien, that's the most amazing story I've ever heard. He said, I've never seen my players respond like that to a speaker that's come in. He said, Have you been to Alabama yet? No. Dabo, I've been to Clemson, dude. I haven't been anywhere, man. Okay, so I just text Nick Saban from the back of the room. We'll see what happens. And y'all, when I landed in Houston the next day for my trip to Clemson, I had a voicemail and a text message from the director of football operations at the University of Alabama. and said, we'll see you in Tuscaloosa in three weeks. You're on.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Just like that. Dabo Sweeney's kicking the door open. The door. I mean, I've, I've got all these coaches from over Gary Peterson, i got Lincoln Riley, Chip Kelly. All these coaches are calling me. It says, "Hey, Dabo says you got to come in and speak to my team." One year later, man, I'm at my desk at working at that law firm again. August of 2018, and I get a phone call, and the other, the other end of that phone is a guy named John Gordon. John Gordon, the energy yeah. bus guy. Man, this is the guy that I follow, and I listen, I listen to his little video all the time, and it sounds like him. But I ask him, I'm like, "John Gordon, man, John Gordon, how do you know who I am, John Gordon, and how'd you get my number?" <laughs> He said, Dabbo Sweeney. He said, man, I was just in Dabo's office and all he could do was talk about you and that coffee bean message. He said, man, they got shirts at in. It says, be a coffee bean. Their team motto is be a coffee bean at Clemson now. He said, Damon, he said, this is 2018 guys. He said, the world needs the coffee bean message, Damon. Let's deliver this message to the world. Write a book with me, Damon. Let's deliver the message to the world. And so I tried to talk John out of it and tell John, you can go do the book yourself. You're John Gordon. I mean, he's sold 4 million books, right? He said, "No, damn, we do this together." So we did it. We wrote the book, The Coffee Man. It became an international bestseller. Uh, Dabo Swinney and John Gordon latched me onto their rocket ship and shot me to a different orbit, guys. Yeah. But it's the story I tell people: always leave it on the field. Always ask the question, man. Don't ever, don't ever hold anything back because you never know where your Dabo Swinney moment in life is. You never know when that moment that you're just gonna have that breakthrough, and you'll never know if you leave, if you don't try. I'm going to always ask the question. You got to always put the effort in.
1: Absolutely. Damon, listen, I know we're we're running short on time. And, you know, I I just want to say for myself, you know, you've been a huge influence on me. And I've been able to share your story and the story of the coffee bean with my players. Um, I've shared it with them the last few seasons. And it's always been, you can go through my Twitter feed and you'll see Be the Bean hashtagged on my, on my Twitter, you know, Twitter posts all the time. So love it. You know, I love it. You, you've you had a huge influence on on both our lives. And, and you know, we appreciate you, uh, just your story, the fact that you'd share it. Dave talked about your energy before. Man, that is something that's so infectious. I'm, I'm ready to run through a wall.
2: <laughs> I, love I appreciate it. you coming on yeah, and, and, I, and, and talking with us. And I would argue that, you know, you, you said that, you know, you hopped on their rocket ship, but I, I think, it was all you and uh, your energy, and, and you really made their rocket ship go higher. So, uh, you know, y- your energy is contagious. Your message is awesome. You're a great role model, and uh, thank you for all you're doing. We are getting you to New Jersey. Absolutely. Tap Guys, man, Damn.
0: look, man, y'all made my day today. I wake <laughs> up every day. I tell people all the time, when we do the full presentation, it takes about 50 minutes, but one of the things I tell people all the time is that you, you got to work out every day in three years. Coffee means work out three areas every day, spiritually, mentally, and physically. You know, I was locked up with guys who could play in the NBA or the NFL. These guys are massive physical specimens. But they never – all they did was work out their bodies. They didn't work out their mind, their soul. But every morning I saw off with the same prayer, and I say, hey, God, put in front of me what you need me to do today for you. Mm-hmm. Let me recognize it when I see it because I don't want to miss that. And, and, guys, Chris, Dave, I want you to know y'all are on my list today. And when I say my prayer and, that, that, you know, hey, I've got this call that I'm going to be on at 2 o'clock Central Time – this is, what is what's put in front of me. This is, this is what I'm supposed to do in life. Yeah. And just to have the confirmation that my message is hitting home, guys, that means the world to me, man, that, because 100%. that's what I think I'm here for. I'm here to spread that message. So in the spirit of that, I'm going to leave all your, your viewers, all your listeners out there with a call to action, because I think everybody needs a call to action in life. And it's this, y'all. Life's a pot of boiling water. We know that. you got three choices of how you're going to respond. We know that we can be let, – let life beat us down and turn us soft and sad and weak. Like the carrot and heck that happens man i had a carrot day y'all saw on the news texas froze up a couple weeks ago man all the powers out you better believe i had a carrot day there's those days that make us hard mad and mean like and angry like the egg you know that's life beats us down sometimes human emotions gonna happen you're gonna have egg days too a couple weeks ago in the freeze i had the egg day i did my wife told me i was carrying the egg in the same day you know it happens <laughs> But here's one last lesson I'm going to leave y'all from a maximum security prison is this, man. That power being the coffee bean that's inside you, it's so powerful. You have this other power inside you, though, that says, you know what? You can start your day over anytime you want. You have the power Mm. to have a good day anytime you want. You're having a bad day, that's a choice. Because anytime you want, you can take a step back, take a deep breath, and say, you know what? I don't have to live like that. I don't have to be the carrot. And I don't have to be the egg, because that's a choice. And then you choose to be that coffee bean. That coffee bean that runs and jumps in that pot of boiling water called life and tells like, you know what? Turn it up. I got this. And the longer the coffee bean sits in that pot of boiling water called life, the stronger that pot of coffee is going to be. So my my call to action to each and every one of your listeners out there is this. You go out there and you go be a coffee bean. Be a coffee bean, guys.
1: Thank you very All much. Dave, I
0: appreciate it, brother. Damon, Damon, thank you, thank so, you much. so
1: much. Thank yeah, you.
0: Thanks a lot, guys.
1: All right. This has been the Leadership Compass Podcast. Thank you, Damon. We appreciate it. I do know. I do know.